The following contains adult language, content, and descriptions of actions not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Guru Presario Media presents the Guru Presario Podcast, starring me, Mal Sanchez. The word entrepreneur gets thrown around a lot, but it's defined by very few. Join me as I sit down with those that I've come to know, and through the art of conversation, we can all learn a little something from the nature of our work. Let's start the show. Right on. What's up, guys? Back again for another episode of the Guru Presario Podcast. I'm here with my good friend, Harold Avila, Sierra Vieja Tequila here in San Antonio. Harold, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, bud. Appreciate it. First of all, thank you for letting me be here. My name is Harold Avila. I'm uh, owner of uh, Sierra Vieja Tequila and uh, La Antigua Rolling Bar. So, you know, just out here doing what we do. Nice. Hold on. I forgot my sheet. Sorry, (laughs) Gabs. Another reason why you should be watching this on YouTube and not listening or not just listening on Spotify and iTunes because there's a video and you would see me get my sheet Pretty cool uh, setup here, man. It's not bad, right? Love it. It's Love coming it. together, man. We painted the walls. If you look at episode, episode, uh, what is it? What is it? Episode thirteen was the first one we started filming here in the studio. But episode thirteen has white walls all over the place, so you you will see me getting washed out. But painted the walls black, put some soundproofing on the right side. It's not bad. Um, all right, man. Sierra Vieja, bro. Tell me what's behind the name. Sierra Vieja. I mean, <clears throat> just if you kind of look at the bottle, it, it, its shape of the label, it's kind of more mountainous. So is that it, a bear or is that a... It's, uh, a, it's like a mountain lion. Right. Um, or a cougar. Um, I like cougars. Cougars are fun. I like zombies. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Sierra just really means like mountains and Vieja <laughs> has two meanings. Like Vieja means like old lady or... Just kind of aged. <laughs> no way. Is that what you thought whenever you were creating this? I know. I was like, old ladies. Well, I mean, our, our hometown mountains is called Sierra yeah. Viejo. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Let's do a little play on words and add a little bit of a kind of like a, not a feminine touch, but, you know, Sierra Vieja. My, my, grand, my grandfather would call my uh, grandmother Vieja all the time. He'd be like, Vieja, me traes? And it's like, will you bring me something or will you cook me something? I'm like, dude, my grandpa, you can't be calling grandma vieja all the time. Like, you're making her feel old. I know. I can't wait to. Um, but it's a Hispanic older. thing, man. It is. It's a Hispanic thing. Um, a culture. Right? But, you know, it's kind of cool. Right on, man. I'll, I'll be honest. I think we should pour one up. You think so? Yeah, before right. we start well, talking. I did, I did. We do have the reposado. But. Did you bring the añejo? I did bring the little. Uh, Añejo. Filming this at 11 o'clock. What time is it? Yeah, it's 11.30. And I brought my favorite little What is this? Mix. It's, a, it's like a, it's called bitter milk. It's actually like a Oaxacan old-fashioned type of like already mixed. smell it? Yeah. It's really sweet. So we only like dab with it a little bit. I'm going to have to bring the glassware. Just make sure you don't forget the mic. That we can hear you. Bro, that smells good. It does. 
That's most different than uh, the regular bitters I use. It is a little bit more like infused with like Chinook bark and all this kind of fancy stuff. Um, I brought four glasses because <laughs> there's four of us. There is four of us. And I mean, yeah, but you know, it looks like you guys are in. You guys are in the mix. It's either all or none. Can't deny a guest either. It's rude. <laughs> and I brought some cool little ice cubes here. What? Is it already cold or what? Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Wild. It's a little chill. Um, I didn't bring no thongs, so. No worries, man. Like just pop them in there. Pop. Boom. Another reason you should be watching this on YouTube. Yeah. Where else so. are you going to have a drink? 11 in the morning. All right. So. I'm stoked. Ice cube action. Put that back in there. Coasties. And then we'll do a little onion. Holy smokies. Sound of that. Makes my hairs <laughs> in the back. <laughs> you guys haven't seen the video yet. Uh, we just finished producing a sick video. So I just saw that you posted it on YouTube, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. got posted on YouTube this morning. Did you? Right, okay. Gabby? This morning and then um, Instagram as well. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Nice. It's really sweet. Nice. You don't want to give it too much. So does that kind of fit as your uh, simple syrup in a way? Yeah, it kind of yeah. it kind of replaces the sugar and the and the bitters. Right on. So it just gives it a little bit more flavor. And stir it up here, dude. I love these. It's just like. A long day at home or a early start in the morning. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to. And I haven't eaten, so this might be <laughs> a bad choice. But hey, it's never a bad choice. Amigo, oh, appreciate it, brother. I'm gonna cheers to this. Salucita. Salute. Cheers. Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Uh, tell me a little about the process, man. So, I guess it all kind of started, you know, just kind of hanging out with friends. Just kind of like this, you know, hanging out, drinking. And we were, I was in college, just kind of figuring out my life trying to figure out what am I going to do, um, you know. You were still in school at that time? I was still in school. I was uh, going to Texas State, doing my communication design major, nice. graphic design. I really wanted to be like an animator. But, um, I mean, <laughs> it, my life kind of turned a different way here, obviously. So Yeah, in a good way. In a good way, you know. And, uh, I mean, school, don't get me wrong, taught me a lot, you know, about, perseverance you know hard work and just kind of dedication you know not give up so i think that kind of led to 
kind of me creating my own brand uh, little by little. And it took a while. You know, it took about six years, you know, of just figuring out the laws and regulations. Is there a lot to learn in that? Is there a big learning curve? or I think just because I was so brand new to it, I had no idea what it enticed, you know, what I needed to do, you know, to start off. I didn't have a, a damn clue on how to grow it. You know, I didn't have a... I knew where it was, you know, grown in our hometown of Jalisco. Majorly, that's where agave is grown. But really, I had no no clue. So I just kind of jumped in, told my dad I really wanted to do this, you know, uh, as part of, like, the family, you know, um, culture. And, you know, he introduced me to some folks, some of his family relatives. They live in Mexico? Yeah. Everybody lives in Mexico. Uh, My relatives, everybody's in Jalisco. And so we went back and, you know, we'd go back there a lot, you know, growing up as a little kid. It was just fun moments, you know, just going, visiting the primos, you know, just having fun. And that was all about the experience of just having two worlds to live in, you know, the Mexican side and then, you know, back in America, you know, where we work. (laughs) Right, right. But, you know, it evolved slowly by slowly, you know, I had a job, you know, you know, did a nine to five. And then on the side hustle, we just figuring out putting money into this, putting money, investing, researching. And then, yeah, 2014, we got the green light to to import. But, you know, during that process, you know, there was a lot of trips to Mexico. Right. You know, I, hard to say a lot of drunk nights. You yeah, know, of course. research, research. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> we did a lot of research. And, you know, we kind of like played with our uh, with the recipe with our master distiller and our master distillers um, in Magdalena, Jalisco. And so we just kind of played with a little bit of like, you know, the oaks uh, aging process. And it's a beautiful process. And I'd love to kind of go through that, you know, with you. And Yeah, I was going to say, so the the Anejo, what, what separates? So there's an audience, right, that doesn't understand maybe yeah. what's the difference between a Blanco and Anejo. Right. And then, of course, the Reposado. But tell yeah. us about that. I mean, there's three classes. There's more now, um, but there's, you know, the three main classes, so which is, okay. mm-hmm, um, you know, the Blancos, your Reposados, and your Añejos. There's also Mixtos. Um, and, what is um, that? Mixtos are just kind of a... Mixed? A mix of, um, I guess, not artificial, but artificial, you know, accelerants, you know, sugars. It's not 100% pure agave. So a lot of like, you know, your um, well tequilas could be mixtos and just that, you know, they're not providing 100% just pure agave. I mean, they'll still mess you up, right? Yeah, yeah of course. Um, the 100% is just purely 100% pure agave, water, um, you know, the fermentation process. And basically you start off with your agave plant, you know, your little agave plants that you see on the side of the road sometimes. And there's about like, I don't know, like, 50, 60 different types of agaves, but we use the Blue Weber, which is Why only, specifically that? It's just only, um, it's it's kind of like, it's it's unique, Blue Weber. It, it has its correct sugars, um, and it's the proper one to use for agave, I mean tequila that has been used for, for many years. And so Blue Weber just grows just wild in, in Mexico, like mountains. So it's like you see these seas of, of mountaintops of just blues and greens beautiful color man and so it takes about like five to to 12 years uh five seven to 12 years to to mature 
Right. And then from that, we cultivated the jimadores go out and kind of cut them from the, from the ground. And they have take out the whole plant from the root. Take out the whole plant. Yeah, it kind of grows on top of the the dirt. It doesn't really have okay. too much of a root. It's kind of unique. You know, it, it grows. It looks like it's buried, but it's really just covered under all these. Yeah, I was gonna say I've seen pictures of this, and it looks almost like it, if it was buried. But yeah, but it's really not. I mean, it does have some roots, but not not the main source. What we call the piña, right, is a little bit above the ground, and that's after you cut all the prickly things, the little spiky things. Right. Um, and then you have these huge piñas. They look like pineapple, so that's right. why they call them piñas. And in there, you'll have, you know, your sugars. And your, your not your tequila yet. It's just, you know, it's not fermented yet. And then from that process, we take it to the distillery where it's shredded. Um, well, it's first put in an oven to cook, and that's huh? kind of like, Kind of releases the, sh- the molasses, the sugars, kind of like a sweet potato. Right. You know, at first it's really hard. They chop it up before they put it in or no? You could uh, just to have more more fit. Right. Just because of the uh, the size and the quantity that we have just to make them fit all in the uh, the ovens. And uh, traditionally it's used uh, adobe ovens just because it's yeah. more of that clay, more earthy, and you right. get more of the earth tones. So we have both in our factories. We have the adobes and then we have the... Alambiques, which is the stainless steel tanks. Nice. And, you know, they're they're both kind of produce almost the same quality. Obviously, the adobe is a little bit uh, slower cooked and a little bit more smokier. So you'll have a little bit more of that presence of, like, earth tones, and more of uh, minerals and richness. And then from that process, it goes into this kind of like a, a grinder where it just squeezes all the sugars out. Right. And then it goes into fermentation for a... Uh, close to like 72 hours and that's just a natural fermentation um that takes you know the two three days um to ferment and then it goes on to distilling and it's a very unique process because there's always you got to keep an eye on it you know you can't overheat the the fermentation if not it'll go to waste you'll waste that 12 Mm -hmm. 12 year old 14 year old root and we're talking about huge gallons like thirty thousand liter tanks you know right gallons of, of of liquid that that can go to waste but um a lot of it's you know just kind of mother nature taking its place in, in the fermentation and then distillation we distill it um twice um and that's where we get the blancos the clear product you know so from from distilling it how long does it distill for um distilling could be a couple of um couple of hours really it's it's uh, pretty like just heat steam distillation and then we we keep them in tanks till we're ready to put them into barrels. Okay, and then that's where we get the reposados. So there's no barrel process really to to your blancos. Not at all. Not at all. So blancos are just clear, just straight from the from the distillation. Right, and it comes out at about a, like 120 proof. So we have to. Um, kind of dilute it a little bit so it won't be... So it doesn't kill someone? (laughs) (laughs) So you don't get sued? (laughs) Yeah, so... And then, because of the laws, we have to bring it at a certain proof uh, level here. What are the the laws? What do they have to... So, we do it at a 40 40 proof. I mean, 80 proof, 40% alcohol. Right. And so that's kind of what we... The norm here in in the United States is, but different countries have different 
requirements. You know, do you know what is in is more hardcore in Mexico? It's actually not. It's no? actually lower. <laughs> Damn, I <laughs> yeah. would have thought it was. I mean, you could can you know you can obtain it higher right. if you go straight to the factory. <laughs> <laughs> but usually it's about thirty six to thirty eight um, percent. Nice. So it's a little bit lower. Just can you imagine if they went at like sixty, bro? Jeez. I mean, people get wild on tequila right yeah. now at thirty eight. No, I know. <laughs> can imagine at one twenty. I mean, as it is, right? It's already <laughs> kind of yeah, bro, kind of crazy. But but that's really you know the process that happens in in Mexico, and then our family. I you know my cousins are involved with you know helping me bring all the all the materials together to assemble the bottles, and everything's hand you know hand labeled. You guys put this all hand together, assembled, yeah, wow. at the factory. So everything's. Um, the labels are produced in Guadalajara. <clears throat> the jute, I think, arrives from like India or something like that. Um, and then, you know, the bottles are are manufactured in in Jalisco as well. And then the corks are from Tonala. So these factories make these corks by wood, and um, it's a synthetic. And that's kind of like the process that it took me. You know, at yeah, first yeah. I used real cork, but then it started with the fumes of the alcohol. Start dissipating would, in there? Yeah, it would start to, like, eat up on the core. And it would, like, drop into, especially your Blancos. So right. you would have these kind of clear clear liquid turning a little bit of tint, you know. From so the From the cork. So then that's kind of, like, the process where, like, oh, man. So we go back to the drawing board and try to figure out, okay, well, let's use, you know, a synthetic um, cork that, you know, resists most of the alcohol. And, I mean, right. you can tell these just. Oh, yeah. Perfect. I mean, they don't disintegrate or anything so and there's kind of the little processes that took us you know just trial and error do you have any partners when you were when you were creating this or not at all like in the beginning we i started just by myself just everything um i think a little bit after our first um export you know i I got reached out by a couple uh investors that wanted to um really just kind of you know uh, dabble with it and see where right. it goes you know so and then towards now like i'm <clears throat> i have no investors right now i have some legal battles <laughs> still going okay. on but um other than that you know and that's been a process within itself you know just trying right. to you know keep this brand alive you know because it's been such a big part of me you know it's been you know since i was i don't know 2019 is this an expensive project for someone that has like the idea hey they want to create we know whether it's a tequila or vodka it it is oh yeah i mean i don't consider myself (laughs) rich but i'm I'm blessed how much how much have you i mean put into this project i can't even say i can't even put a number just because it's kind of one of those you know you you carry with you on your back throughout everything and it's hard to put a price on you know all the sacrifices all the trips you know everything initial Um, startup you put up put a put away side i mean it's because it was such a long process right. that I think I just dragged it along. So I little by little, you know, right. I, I put into it till the, you know, till I was able to buy a, you know, a pallet or two. And then, you know, it wasn't as expensive, but it was just that, right? you know, figuring out what to do. And the time and the research. To, yeah, you, you know, and there was not, there's no handbook in it. You know, right. There's no Lego handset like, oh, this piece goes here. I'm like, now you got to go to this factory there's millions of factories and then you know it's just kind of this culture shock too where it's right traveling and 
you know, Mexico, and you're like, whoa, where's this, you know, I got to register my name? Like, okay, <laughs> in Mexico, that's kind of scary, but, well, let's go <laughs> and see what they say. And it's just that kind of, you know, experiments. So, of adventures. course, the, mo- the more flavor profile would be, what, the Anejo? Just because it's in a... I think so. Yeah, if you're... The barrel is what? What's different? They're all cedar barrels or... No, these are all oak barrels. So we use American Kentucky oak barrels. And we... And it's just been a tradition that these oak barrels have been, you know, they're used once in Kentucky, so we buy them. And they really last us, you know, about 25 to 30 years. So it can be a whole lifetime. Right, right. Because we've only put them in there for a couple of months and we pull them out, you know, pull out the liquid. So it's, it really just grabs so flavors, retains it. And then, you know, we bottle everything. So if you're looking for, you know, I, I specifically love the Blancos just because you taste the agave, you taste the process, you taste, you know, those fields. You prefer the Blanco over? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, an old fashioned, don't get me wrong. Give me an añejo. Right. But if we're trying tequilas out, the Blanco is just kind of, the smooth and if if you really want to like test your your tequilas it's like if if, if their blancos really good then their reposados are going to be good yeah and their añejo is going to be better because you know they have that base you know really solid base where you can have right. really good flavors of citru- like citrus very aromatic you know and and don't get me wrong there's some like añejos that are really good but they have shitty blancos yeah. you know so because it's just masked with all the oak and the wood and and the spices, so that can be really good. But you know, their blancos are, are kind of right. a bit off. But what um, what's the rolling bar or what? what Antigua, La Antigua, La Antigua. Yeah, La Antigua. Tell me, about, tell me a little about that, man. La Antigua. Um, it kind of evolved from obviously from from Sierra Vieja. You know, I kind of wanted to have a mobile bar where I can showcase my tequila and just go around the world. Carry the concept of Sierra Vieja. Yeah. And that was kind of the initial step was to, you know what? I'm going to sell everything I got, put everything in my trailer, and then just travel the world, you know? like Right. And then life slaps you in the face. And it's like, it's a little bit harder than that. But throughout that process as well, you know, with developing, and I think that's what excites me a lot is just developing these kind of concepts and, my let my imagination go free and just building it not letting anybody tell me you can't do that like a rolling bar no that's illegal it could be and i probably have done some not so shady things i mean (laughs) not so (laughs) great things but i think we all have um but i think you know it's just kind of one of those cool ideas that i got of you know having a mobile crv hub place to you know showcase my product and then it evolved to you know obviously you know be more of a bartending and shows and services so it, it and, and and that's been a really nice ride too you know it's it's been fun uh just pulling up with this cool you pull up in a tight on a horse or is it a <laughs> uh, yeah no, it feels like it it was the old truck that i have feels like it's one horsepower but no, i just pulled by my truck and just go around towns, just kind of uh, starting the party, you know. But it's a really beautiful airstream. So yeah, I forgot, I forgot where we were at, and I saw it, and then of course talking to Tomas, 
which you and I both yeah. know. He had told me you were parked up at the pro one day. I was like, yeah, man, we just spent the whole afternoon just having drinks after that. I was like, oh, man, fun, man. I've met so many people. It's amazing, yeah. you know, the people that just pop up in there and just. What's well, a unique, it's a unique uh, Airstream. Yeah. What is it, 1964, yeah? 64 Airstream. Kind of hard to find now, but. Yeah. They're worth it, you know. You just, How'd you find that one, man? Just give a little spit shine. <laughs> do you have to do a lot of renovation on it or no? Not a whole bunch. I mean, the inside, yeah. The yeah. outside was just, you know, kind of got a lot of old T-shirts and just started to to scrub some of the old, you know, I don't know what you call the, it just turned black after time. Yeah, yeah. Tarnish, Teresa, right? Tarnish, yeah. Right. But... Yeah, I, I was looking for for one for many years on Craigslist, and you know I just happened to find one in Chicago. So you went so out there? I I did not, but I messaged them, and they happened to be coming to the area. To oh, Austin nice! For the weekend for a, a trailer show, and so you know I kind of looked up under my couch for pennies and everything I can yeah. scramble, you know, pull out a loan, you know. Paid them, and I was like, yes, I got my first Airstream. So Sick, man. They drove it down, and then I picked it up. How long ago was this? This was in 2016, 2017. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, and it took about a year as well to right. to renovate and fix, you know, just because we were just having life going on as well. And right. Trying to, trying to do that, you know, so. Beautiful. Um. So, of course, there's a lot of influence in terms of producing a tequila, in terms of travel experience, visiting Mexico, talking to Jimador. Is that what you call them, Jimadores? Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little about that, man. The experiences of travel, where you kind of pull the inspiration to build these concepts. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it just I think it led from childhood, you know, growing and going back to forth to, to our hometown of Magdalena with my dad and... You know, those experiences, I think, kind of just stayed in my in my heart, you know, as going back and doing something, you know, with that, you know, with that knowledge. And so for, you know, talking to the Jimadores, it's just kind of like they're, how do I say it? They're just not appreciated enough for what they do, you know, because they have to have a really good talent of when to know, when to cultivate these these pinos. Science, yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, like farmers, you know, we know how to like harvest, you know, when to, you know, sow and seed and all that seasons. And the beautiful thing about agave is just really year round kind of a process. So it doesn't really need much, you know, it, it rains a lot in Jalisco. So traveling through, you know, from is that why San it's so Antonio. good there, to grow there? Is that why it's like predominantly grown? I think so. You know, it, it it does grow here, and it would grow here because it's just really one of those kind of easy to grow agaves, you know. Right. But it definitely has its unique climate in Jalisco. It's very just very subtle. It's not very hot, you know. And I think it just rains tremendously a lot, so it's just natural. It's a natural habitat for it. You stayed. Uh, it kind of this this kind of stemmed it from childhood did you have family that were involved in producing tequilas or Mm, aside from my grandfather's side that started the factory most excuse me most of my relatives and close um family didn't didn't have anything to do with um with with 
with the process really except now you know right, with, right, right. with my cousins and my dad and all those you know my close people helping out you know and support um, but other than that it wasn't like a family it wasn't as as close as i you know would right. would have wished but you know hopefully i can turn that around and as it begins and, to grow yeah yeah absolutely so um so much of the visions man the visions you have you know from the vieja trips um, I have an, in a note here opening a school in Mexico. Yeah. What is this about? Yeah. Gardens? Um, not so much. like local gardens, like the ones you see like um, in neighborhoods in Brooklyn. Not so much. I think it it kind of stemmed as well as like throughout the years. We we did a lot of charity. Um, we we collected a lot of backpacks and school supplies throughout the years. Of you know, I wouldn't consider it CRV, but I mean, you know, it's me. You know, it's. It's what I love to do. Uh, we love to give back. So we did a lot of um, school supply trips to Jalisco like every year. And so we'd organize events, you know, to kind of promote it here in San Antonio and all the school supplies and, you know, to the underprivileged kids in our hometowns and close little towns by. So that kind of grew into this kind of desire to, to help out a little bit more and, you know, through the years, I've been talking to a couple of family uh, members, um, especially one of my close friends and my cousins, uh, Mini. Um, she also has the same desire to kind of land a hand to, you know, the children in Magdalena. So we started to do research to see what those kids might need, you know, a little bit more of a hands-on projects. And I think a lot of it is just, you know, kind of educating them that there's there's some hope and better, you know, better systematic ways to teach kids, not just, you know, classroom style, but more of hands-on with gardens or buildings, you know, and I think that's kind of like development of what we're, you know, the, the future of the school will be. It's kind of more of a hands-on, you know, teaching them, obviously, English as well. What are some of the struggles that you see these kids in Magdalena experiencing, or Mexico in general, right? Yeah, I mean, generally it's all over the world, and it's hard to, to say, like, I'm going to save the world, but at right. least we can do is just kind of help our, you know, where we're from, you know, our homes. And I think a lot of it's just, like, just needing basic, you know, materials, you know, computer, a laptop, Wi-Fi, um, books. These you know, kids have electricity there, or no? There is electricity, but it is very minimal. You know, it's there's, limited, yeah. you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's a Pueblo, so we'd have to you know some kind of like solar panels or you know some depending where we want to build as well but i think just the basic needs as well as you know like just the proper reading materials you know and just having teachers really care about these kids is important you know aside from just like hey we're just gonna teach the basics and then most of them just kind of lead to a different right. non-educational strand of life you know and lead to the streets and all that so I think having that hope, you know, coming from a teacher or, a, you know, a mentor is really important, you know, and, and that's kind of like our development, you know, and research. And we're still kind of developing. So this is, this is, is something you're, you're starting right now. Yeah, we're um, just kind of planting the seed. We're, you know, we're researching what, you know, our hometown needs as far as, you know, coming back here as me, you know, being able to like, promote and organize and kind of call out to an action, you know, for, you know, for help, 
Will you eventually do like a portion of every bottle oh, sold or something and like that? And we still do. Like a lot of it, you know, a lot of this, you know, proceeds just go back to our hometown, you know, aside from, you know, the process of it, you know, a lot of it's just going back and helping out, you know, what, where we can. Right. So. Yeah, I think it's important. Some, some, uh, some aspect to, you know, philanthropic effort and any kind of venture that you put into place, you know, if it, if, if you know, profits allow you to do that. I know sometimes in the beginning it may be tough, but I think, um, I think that's strong, man. That's good stuff. So you're going to, we're actually going to have you at our event, creating curiosity here in the coming weeks, man. You stoked? I'm so excited. I'm just looking at, you know, we went to kind of sightsee the location. You know, at first I was like, all right. It's it's pretty big. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna lie, it's a huge place. It's almost um, too big. The old smoke building. Yeah, it's the old smoke building, which is beautiful and located real close by. So right downstairs, bro. I, I think it's gonna be an exciting evening. You know, showcasing a little bit more of our tequilas. Um, we'll definitely have some cocktails going what type on. Of, yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you. What type of cocktails are you thinking for the event, man? You know what? I'm I'm kind of open to it. You know, I've I'm. I have my set cocktails that I love to do, but I think this one's going to be, you know, unique in, in, in form of how can I get the audience maybe uh, participate in this cocktail making, you know? Yeah. It's just something, you know, something simple but unique. Um, so I'm kind of playing with the curiosity theme of it as well. Yeah. So, Yeah, theme of the event is creating curiosity. Of course, it's a... It's going to be an invite-only event. Cool. But um, those of you that get an invitation out there, we look forward to having you guys there. It's going to be fun, man. Yeah. We'll have Connor over there as well. Yeah. Unfortunately, Connor's not on the podcast today, but... Definitely, yeah. Got to see, we got to see some of his... He's a, good, he's a great artist, man. Yeah, he's good. He's talented, so I'm excited to see what pieces he brings. And Me too. Hopefully, uh, you know, people buy them. Right. So... Well, I always like to... There's a younger audience that's always listening, right? And... I always like to give some type of inspiration to these guys. Um, what are your final notes, man, on the younger audience that's listening, whether they're they're lacking, you know, the motivation to uh, start their own venture or maybe they're in their own venture, but they're thinking about giving up. What's your, what's your advice, man, just coming from your experiences in terms of, you know, whatever you've been through for the younger audience? You know what? I think it's, it has to do a lot also with, like, the group of friends you have. I think yeah. if you keep a good mindset of group of friends who help you and push you, aside from yourself, obviously, right. I think if you can do it yourself, then great. But I think having that great audience, you know, kind of like how, you know, when I started this, I had, you know, folks like you and I still have, you know, new people uh, like yourself that are supportive and amazing that kind of help me push a little bit further, you know, and I think having that, surrounding friendship of entrepreneurs you know you got to get into that mindset of you know this is where i want to be you know you got to visualize it right and it will happen with work lots of work but yeah i think surrounding yourself with these um these good vibes people that are not ill-intentioned exactly that um that support you in every aspect and don't expect anything back really right like that's the most important piece to it is I think a lot of uh, a lot of the time we tend to think that people support us, but man, I can I can I couldn't tell you how many people stopped talking to me in the past five years. 
Right. Five years, I mean, as early as that. Yeah. It's because you, you know, you're, uh, you just want to surround yourself with good people. Absolutely. And I mean, growing up in the West Side, in the barrio, like, you know, you have this stigma of, oh, we're just, you know, the Mexicanos, you know, but we're, you know, uh, that doesn't deter you from being the best and moving forward and moving out, you know? Right. I mean, I still live in the barrio, but it's it's changing because our attitudes are changing and, like, you know, we're starting a community garden, you know, and so those little things, people are adaptive, you know, and they see that. And it's more communication. They see that. They want to be like that, you know, right. and some, some people are just haters, but of course we're always going to have that, <laughs> but you know, I mean, those are your biggest fans. That community garden, man. Where, where is this? So it's located off of the West side. So okay. we're by, um, Trinity and San Jacinto. And okay. it's a project that I started, uh, back in April. So it's only nice. been a couple of months, you know, I have partnered up with Latinos, uh, outdoors here in San Antonio and the San Antonio Metro health. And they've been pfft, amazing man to like help me bring people attention awareness and you know it's going to take some time to get most of the folks kind of out there and kind of you know propagating and right farming and but it's going to be you know a very nice kind of educational i think space for for all sorts of ages you know the the grandparents you know the nieces the grandchildren did you, you just know. want to kind of inspire more interaction within the community Absolutely. with that yeah and, and just for myself as well you know it kind of it's a stress relief right you know of you know being out there sweating it off and just getting back to work you know and right you know um but it is a very good space where i want to like eventually bring kind of that educational uh process into the garden you know and it's kind of like what we want to do in mexico but you know, I also got to start it here and kind right. of learn how to how to manage that as well. So, right, but it's been fun, man. It's hopefully you'll get to yeah, check man. it out one day. We'll plant some agaves. Bro, I'd love to, man. <laughs> that's uh, that's some good stuff. What uh, what we'll do is we'll include kind of your social media link in yeah. the caption, sure. and then that way people can kind of go follow yeah. and then uh, and you know do some more research on you if you're not already following. Um, Sierra Vieja, what's it, what's the handle, bro? Is it Sierra Vieja it's just uh, itself? Sierra Vieja Tequila, yeah. okay. Either on um, Facebook or Instagram. And then La Rolling Bar is just L A Rolling um, Bar. L A L A Rolling Bar for Instagram and La Antigua Rolling Bar on Facebook. So either one, you probably can find it. Right on. Connected to each other. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you coming by. Absolutely. Appreciate you bringing the goodies. Yeah. Cheers, man. Cheers to this. And thank uh, you. And yeah, I look forward to having you on maybe in the new future again. Absolutely. Looking forward to the event and Yeah, it's gonna be good it's gonna be a good event, man. I'm ex- I'm stoked. Um all right, so if you guys aren't already following, if you're if you're listening to this on Spotify or iTunes, make sure you go to the YouTube page, type in Guru Presario Podcast. Make sure you follow in there. There's a video portion that follows with this and then uh, vice versa if you're watching this on YouTube. Make sure you go and subscribe on iTunes and Spotify again. Um That'd be uh that'd be great. But other than that, I think uh I think that finalizes our show today and uh we'll see you guys on the next one.